Let your word come forth, Lord, in power and authority. Oh, let your word come forth in power and authority, O oh God. Let our lives and our destinies never be the same. Give us the grace, O oh God, to practice what we hear. Give us the grace to walk in your word. Let your word have its full course in our lives. And let our lives never be the same. As we hear your word, as we make the effort to put it into practice, cause that we encounter speed on every side in the name of Jesus. As your word comes forth this morning, O oh God, come for those who are mourning. Remove anyone whose heart is heavy this morning, O oh God. Father, come for those who are worried. Conjure your word, O oh God, assure them of your presence. Even as your word comes forth, O oh God, and it come forth to heal those who are sick on every part of their bodies. In the mighty name of Jesus. As your word comes forth, let us receive life in abundance. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Lord, for having your way this morning. In our midst, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's kindly be seated. I need you to understand that something is happening to your life. You may not see it. Something mega is happening in your life. I need you to understand that no matter how you enter the year 2019, you don't end the same way. Hallelujah. I said no matter how you enter the year, you don't end the same way. As long as you put the word of God into practice, you will encounter speed in your life. And may that be your portion in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's our month of holiness, part three. And I'm actually continuing on the message that started about two weeks ago on how to avoid or overcome sexual sins. I need us all to understand that sexual sin is like a wine. Bible says in Revelations 18 verse 3, if you can kindly read that verse. Revelations 18 verse 3, that sexual sin is like a wine. It intoxicates and always causes you to desire more once you drink of it. It says, for all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. So it means that sexual sin is actually is like a wine. Once you taste of it, you always you are led to by it. You you it intoxicates your body, and you always desire more. So it leads you deeper and deeper and deeper into sin. That is why God wants us to come out of it. No matter how deep you've gone into it, there's a way that God, God has made a way for you this month. Hallelujah. Listen, it's never too late to make right of your wrongs. It is never too late to make right of your wrongs. No matter the mistakes or abortions you've done, no matter the things you have done, there's always a second chance with you for you. And the earlier you make the decision to do the right thing, the better it is for your life. We believe strongly that sexual sin is one of the things that has deterred us of progress in our lives. And if we can overcome this particular sin in our lives, I'm telling you, this year, 2019, will be the beginning of your change of story. 
Amen. It's one particular thing that is why for the past three months, God has been hitting on this over and over and over again because it's actually happening strongly in the church and it's denying God's people of being blessed. And I believe that no matter the hold of this sin on your life, it's being broken in the name of Jesus. Listen, I'm going to teach on how to overcome it. And the first thing you must understand is that we, if you want to overcome sexual sins, you must learn to, you, must, you don't have to ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit. If you can overcome sexual sins, you don't have to ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Listen, there's no sin that you fall into as a child of God that God would not first prompt you about. There is no sin that would overcome you or you find yourself in that God would not first prompt you or warn you or caution you about. God will always caution us. We always prompt us through his spirit. But amazingly, sometimes we, we tend to ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit when we, we are eager to taste of what we want to, or what we are being enticed with. Sometimes to deliberately pretend as if we have not had the Holy Spirit prompting us. Because you want to do, or you, you are purpose, you want to do what you are determined to do. So you, even though he's prompting you, you just ignore it. Or you pretend as if you have not heard it. And sometimes too, we don't even recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. We can't even recognize his voice. Hallelujah. But I, it's my prayer that in this month, the Holy Spirit will be more active in our lives. And we're more sensitive to his promptings in the name of Jesus. Now, how, what, 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 is, what does it mean to say that the promptings of the, what is the promptings of the Holy Spirit? What is the promptings of the Holy Spirit? It's the way that God, through his spirit, cautions us or pre-warns us of danger. And he does that through so many means. But let me have Acts 20 verse 20 to 23. Acts 20, verse 20-23. 20, God has a way of protecting his children. He said, How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see how I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Look at verse 23. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. So before you enter into sexual sin, before you enter into any kind of temptation, the Holy Spirit will first what? Prompt you. He will always tell you. Now the thing is, if you cannot recognize the spirit of God's voice, then it means you don't know his voice. You don't have a relationship with him. Because Jesus Christ said that I know my sheep and they know my voice. So if you have a relationship with God, you must always know the voice of the spirit. 
Because I always say that if any prophets come to prophesy to you, you must first know it beforehand. The person should just confirm what the Spirit of God has already told you. So if you don't know and they always tell you things that you don't even know about, then you are lost. Hallelujah. Let me have Acts 21 verse 11 to confirm what I'm saying. Acts 21 verse 11. But when he had come, but when, when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, "Thus says the Holy Spirit: So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles." God was one. The person was wearing the belt. This, this is how the the the, 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 the uh, people in Jerusalem are going to bind. He always will tell you whatever happens. God will always reveal it to you. That is what is called the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Now, how does the Holy Spirit prompt us? How does he prompt us? He often prompts us through our feelings, through our emotions. When the Holy Spirit is prompting you, sometimes you feel as if, why why a basabi? You you come, when he's prompting you about danger, you feel some way. You become like basabi. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I do have that kind of feeling sometimes. When you want to go somewhere and you feel like something is telling you, you have a mixed feeling. You don't know how you're feeling. You're not too sure. You are, you are some way about it. You're, you're uncertain. That's the exact word. You're very uncertain about that journey you want to embark in or what, that thing that you want to. It's the Holy Spirit prompting you. And sometimes it comes through an inner conviction. An inner conviction. You, you, you become, something is telling me not to. Some, says, something is telling me. You, you feel the thing inside of you so strong. An inner conviction that where you, you are going or what you want to do, don't do it. An inner conviction, that's how the Holy Spirit oftentimes prompts us. When there's danger ahead, he will always convict you. You, you feel co- what I'm doing is not right. I, 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 I think it's not right. I, I think it's not right. You, you, you feel it inside of you. That is a promptings of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes too, it comes through heartbeats. Then your heart begins to pounce. You, are, you begin to sense fear. Is the Holy Spirit prompting you? That what you want to do is, is, is danger. So begin to some of the other people sometimes they have a running tummy. Also, they must you know, they begin to have a running tummy. I, am I preaching to somebody? It happens to all of us sometimes. Sometimes you think it's it's just my body that's reacting or me and me feeling some way. It's the Holy Spirit prompting you. And this is something we must not ignore. Because he always points us of danger ahead. Especially when it has to do with sexual sins. Sometimes he will try to distract you. He will make you get a call or something that will delay you or distract you of going to where. For example, your boyfriend calls you to come to my house. And you are ready to go. And then somebody will come and your mother will send you. Or something will just happen that you, you, it's trying to distract you of going to the place. It's the Holy Spirit doing that. Hallelujah. It does it through so many means. Oftentimes, it all to protect us of impending danger. Holy Spirit does that when you go to that man's house, 
when you go to that man's house, you know what will can, what can happen. Hallelujah. Let us learn not to ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Most of the sexual sins we find ourselves in doesn't just happen. God always prompts us. God always, all the time. He warns us. When he says prompts, it means he warns us. He, he actually breaks our hearts. Or I, I, it, it tries to, you know, let me tell you something. God cannot stop us when we intend to do something. He cannot stop us. There's no way God can stop you if you want to have sex with your boyfriend or with your girlfriend or with a, with a side chick or whatever. God cannot stop you, but he can pre-warn you. He can prompt you. He can suggest. This thing you want to do, stop. Oh, it's not good. Stop. You feel, you feel the guilt. But when you are determined to do it, he backs. He backs aside. Because he has given us a free will. Hallelujah. But when we decide that we're going to, we're going to ignore the voice of the Spirit, the Bible tempts it at a hardened heart. When you ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit, it's called a hardened what? Heart. That's what you want to do. That's what you do. Hebrews 3 verse 7 to 8, please. Hebrews 3 verse 7 to 8. Let me tell you something. A hardened heart is a mind or ear that refuses to hear to warnings or cautions. It says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice, let's roll, please. Do not harden your hearts as in rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. If today you hear the promptings of the Holy Spirit, do not harden your heart. When it's a don't harden your heart, it means don't ignore it. If the step you want to take, the Holy Spirit is prompting you on that step, don't take it. If the thing you want to do, the Holy Spirit is prompting you about it, don't do it. Because if you harden your heart, God backs aside. He leads you to go. So you're on your own. Do you have the saying that Listen, a hardened heart is a tool of the enemy. He uses to draw many into distractions. That is why we must listen to good advice. All that we preaching you have been hearing for the past three months, if you have still not changed in any way, then you have hardened your heart. For the past three months, if you are still sleeping with your boyfriend, then you have hardened your heart. You have decided that what pastor is preaching me, what pastor is preaching, oh, why I kick. He doesn't know what time it is. Because you have decided that what you want to do is what you do. So for the past three months, even though you have been preaching, you are still doing the same thing. You have hardened your heart. Last two weeks Sunday, when Pastor finished preaching, we were going home and the Holy Spirit said to me, somebody has been delivered from... When Pastor finished preaching, that's what the Holy Spirit said to me. Somebody has been saved in the church from getting a contracting HIV. You think you're joking in this church? Whatever preaching that we are preaching is for your safety. God knows where he's taking all of us. Don't harden your heart. It's for your own good. It's for my own good. I pray may every hardened heart be broken this morning in the name of Jesus. May God have his own way into our hearts. 
Hallelujah. May his word change us and transform our lives. Glory to God. Hebrews 3 verse 15. Hebrews 3 verse 15. Why it is said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. When you hear his voice today, do not harden your heart as in rebellion. Whatever word that you hear from the pulpit, listen, allow the word of God to transform your life. Because the word comes as a warning and it comes as a blessing. It comes as a direction and it comes to, 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 to prosper your way. Hallelujah. When you ignore the Holy Spirit's promptings, well, you know what happens to us? We become blinded. When we, we, we ignore his promptings, you become blinded so you are lured deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into sexual sins. You begin to see sex as normal. You don't see anything wrong with it anymore because there's no conviction. You don't, you don't, and once the Holy Spirit keeps on prompting you, one, two, and you're still doing it, he stops prompting you because your mind is made up. So what happens is that you go and go and go, you hit the wall, and then come back. Whilst your friends are making massive progress in your life, you come back again to class one and begin to go all over again. May that not be a portion in the name of Jesus. I said, may that not be your portion in the name of Jesus. You will never go backwards. Whatever way the Lord tells us, let us take it as children and work with it. Do not ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because the deeper and deeper and deeper you go into sexual sins, the more gap you create between yourself and God. And you end up backsliding. When you are deeper in sex, you are deeper into sexual sin, coming to church becomes a burdensome. You don't feel the edge to even come to church. Begin to backslide. You, you, you didn't used to drink. Now you start drinking. Now you have two boyfriends. You have three girlfriends. You begin to graduate. Three, four. You begin to tell lies. You begin to start drinking or smoking. Doing this and this. Now you come so busy. You are chilling. You are fooling. You are being stupid. Hallelujah. The second way we can avoid sexual sin is to make an effort through grace to flee from any appearance of sexual sin. The second way we can avoid or overcome sexual sin is through grace flee from any appearance of sexual sin. Let me have Proverbs 27 verse 12. Proverbs 27 verse 12. Understand that sexual sins are one of the strongest sins. No matter who you are, they can bring you down. No matter who you are, if you allow it, it will bring you down. If you are a man, even if you are the, the you are a bishop or whoever, you see a naked woman alone in a room, you are there with the person alone. Are you wood? Before you say that, the person starts rolling his nails on you. Before you say Jack, hiya. Oh, stop it. Oh, oh, oh. oh you understand what I mean? Before you say Jack, you are in the act. It is one of the strongest sins. That is why it could even bring down David. David was a man after God's heart. He was one man that God loved. A man that God said, a man after my heart. 
and this strong son was able to get David. So I would say we should flee from it. Look at this verse. A prudent man. Let me have an idea of this version, please. When you say a prudent man is a wise person or a careful person, that's what they're trying to say. Let me have an idea of this version. A prudent man sees danger and take refuge. But a simple keep going and suffer for it. A prudent man, he sees danger. He flees from it. He knows that that's where I'm going. <laughs> it would, if I go, it's like, it's like you know you, you are drinking. You, you're drinking. You want to stop drinking. And your friends invite you out. Let's go to the beach. You know if you go, you do what? By all means, you drink. So what do you do? I don't go. That's what you're talking about. Sexual sin is one of the strongest sins. No matter how strong you are as a Christian, it can bring you down. Listen, no matter how strong you are as a child of God, listen, run away from sexual sins. God does not want us to entertain it because he knows that we can fall. So he says that we must what? Run away from it. Don't stand there and pretend as if you are strong. It can bring you down. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 10 verse 12. First Corinthians 10 verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, take heed, lest he fall. Let him who thinks he stands. Listen, we are all victims of sexual sins. I am a victim of sexual sin. You are a victim of sexual sin. You are a victim of sexual sins. A devil can get any of us. He can get us like that. No matter how strong our faith is, no matter how deep we are in the Lord, He can get us. So God has not told us to, 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 to resist sexual sins. He said, flee. This one, they flee from it. Run. Danny. He didn't say, exercise your faith. He says, run. Three things that God wants us to flee from. Three things that God wants every child of His to flee from. Number one is adultery. Adultery. Adultery has two kinds of meanings. The first meaning has to do with um, idol worship. And the second meaning has to do with, has to do with um, extreme admiration or adoration or likeness for somebody. That is idolatry. Adultery. Hallelujah. Are we getting the meaning? It's like, it's a strong likeness for somebody. When you begin to have a strong likeness for somebody, watch it. First Corinthians um, 10 verse 14. When you begin to have a strong, all of a sudden begin to have a strong likeness for somebody. Somebody I have known for so many, for so a long time. All of a sudden you begin to like the person so, you want to be by the person. Watch it. It says, therefore, my beloved. Let's read it together, please. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. It's an extreme admiration. All of a sudden, you are beginning to like everything about this person. All of a sudden, you, when you see that person, your heart misses a beat. When you come to church, you look out. It's the person in the church. I'm sorry. Because you want to see the person come to see and You want to see the person who dance. You, you, you are... <laughs> I am punching some numbers. Hallelujah. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Colossians 3 verse 5. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we, we, we are there and people even fall in love with us. We don't even know. 
They, they, are, they are so, they are so, they admire us so much. They are, they are, they, 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 they become like an idol. So therefore, put to death your, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. When idolatry is national, you don't even care if the person is married or not. You don't care whether the person is in a relationship or not. You, you, you watch the person by all means. That is why people, when they are involved in that, you know, the, the man is married. They don't even care if you are married or not. I, 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 don't marry me. Just, just have a child with me. That doesn't happen. Listen, if you are in the office, all of a sudden the secretary is being, somebody, your colleague is being nice to you, is always wants to buy. Have you eaten? Can I buy your lunch? Say no. Thank you. All of a sudden the person is always coming to check on you. Are you okay? Is everything okay? Especially in the office, it happens a lot in the office. When you close, how are you going home if I'm home? When, do you know how I came to work? How, how are you? Should I give you a ride? And they always want to come, come by you. Oh, and they begin to touch you. Oh, how? When they're talking to you, they want to touch you. A, 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 a bit. <laughs> Hallelujah. All of a person, the person is coming attracted to you. And it's, it's, it's a means of the enemy that leads us into sexual sin. Before you say, Jack, you're involved in it. The person is buying you chocolate every now and then. Valentine's Day, you don't want to buy him chocolate on Valentine's Day. The person will come and buy you chocolate to buy you ice. Oh, you're looking beautiful. I, I like the way you look. I like your hair. Oh, wow. Hey, that's a good mustache. Wow, you're looking nice. And you two are becoming, mm-hmm, thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Watch it. Tell somebody, watch it. Tell somebody, when somebody. Begins to become attracted to you and become extra nice to you. Watch it. Hallelujah. The enemy is a way the enemy used to tempt us into sexual sins. I think about a month ago, I even told you about some friends of mine, two friends of mine who are actually married women. And they got and they found themselves in, 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 in sexual sins with uh, their boss at work. The boss is married, they're also married, they have kids. But one thing led to the others. Do the same way, are looking nice. Wow, I like this dress. Oh, Charlie, go, take this money, go and buy some. Look, can I buy you lunch? Can I? And the person becomes extra nice to you, and you get to level, you can't even say no, you can't say no to them. Let me take you out for dinner. Oh, tell your husband that tell your husband you're getting late for work. You're, you're, you're coming late to work. You have a lot to do in the office today. So tell him something. Let's go out for, for dinner. Before you say that, one thing leads to the other. Run. Tell somebody, run. Let me talk to you about the second thing that God wants us to flee from. It's youthful lust. First Timothy 2 verse 22. Youthful lust. The second thing God wants us to run away from. It says, flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who, who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. 
flee. Let me talk to the youth this morning. Do we have the youth in the house this morning? Can I see by hand? I really want to pour out my heart. The Lord gave me a word for you this morning. I was so blessed by the word this morning. Seriously, this particular word came just this morning for you, especially. The Lord said to me that there's a bubble in every youth. When you begin to grow, there's a bubble. When I say a bubble, what does it mean? It's like a a feeling. It's like a you put omo in water and then you know a whirl. Thank you, a whirl. You know, you see this round around balls. God said it to me that there's a bubble in every youth. There's a bubble in every youth, and that bubble is an eagerness to explore. That bubble is called the eagerness to explore. It's like a ball. It's inside. And when you begin to grow, it's like a child. When a child begins to grow, first of all, a child wants to sit. A child who does not, you know, sit, all of a sudden wants to sit because he's gotten to the level where he wants to sit. When a child begins to wants to walk, he, he he wants to explore, go here and go there, even though they are not, they can't walk properly. They want to explore. They are so eager to explore because they see everybody walking, so they also want to walk around. So they often go and then they fall. God said to me that there's a bubble in every youth. And that bubble is the eagerness to explore. The bubble contains three things. Let me finish explaining this. The bubble contains three things. The first thing is life. The second thing is energy. And the third thing is called passion. It's in every youth. The bubble, these three things are connected to one's destiny. These three things in the bubble, which is what? Life, what? Energy and passion is connected to your what? Destiny, your future, your glorious future. What directs these bubbles are your cravings in life. When I say cravings, the things you desire, the things you yearn for, the things you want to have, the things you want to do. These are the cravings. What directs your bubbles? When you blow a bubble, it goes up in the air and it just goes this way based on the what? The wind. In the, in, in, and as a youth, what directs your bubble is what? Your cravings. Your cravings, what you desire to have, is what directs your bubble. Are you listening to me? Now, it says that the bub- that, that your cravings can be a good or uh, a lawful craving or an unlawful or bad craving. Your, your cravings can be a good one. The things you want to do can be a good one or a bad one. It can be a lawful one or an unlawful one. The enemy tests you based on your thirst or based on your cravings. The enemy will always test you based on your cravings. Lust is a tool of the enemy. It's an unlawful tool the enemy uses to cause many youth into sexual sins. So when you begin to, when you, be, when you are growing, that bubble in you, if you don't have the right company, you begin to desire things that will lead you into lust. Lust is an unlawful desire. You are longing for something you're not supposed to have. So if you are a youth and you're not careful of the things you desire in life, 
it will lead you into sexual sins. Are you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand it? So God says, I shall warn all the youth, be careful of the things you yearn for in life. Now they say they have slay kings, slay queens. And then there are some youth who are calling themselves slay what? Slay queens, they are, they are youth. They are so slain. They are following the slay, slay queens who are doing anything and a shallow kind of way to manipulate and get whatever. If somebody says it's a slay queen, do you know how the person gets the thing to slay herself? I, I watched recently, this, somewhere this week, of very, very appalling information on, online of how some ladies went to Dubai. Somebody had sex with them and then even pulled on their face for them to eat it. For them to get over how much how much dollars were they paid? Forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand dollars. And the lady said she was she was so hurt that she had flooded her friends to Dubai because the guy sent ten thousand or twenty thousand down and like hey I haven't done anything they sent me ten thousand dollars and they are they are they are youth in school and the guys paid for for air tickets for them to come to Dubai. Go to Dubai, they take them on a cruise, and they just slay them. They poo on their face. They, after having sex with you, they poo on their face, and you have to eat a poo. If you vomit it out, we'll holler on you. You slay. Be careful of the things you crave for in life. Be careful of the things you, you yearn for in life. All that glitters is not what? Gold. I thought you would clap for the Lord. John 10, 10 says that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The enemy's focus is to kill the life out of you, kill your energy, and kill your passion, kill your future. The enemy wants to steal everything that concerns your glorious future. As a youth, be careful of the things that you are lured into. Be careful. Sexual sin in your youth it's an enticement to destruction. Run away from it. Do not engage in anything that leads into sexual sins. Do not engage it. Because you know what? It will crush your bubble. Your bubble is your future. Your glorious future. Don't allow the enemy to entice to you to crush your bubble. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1. And it says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Why does the Bible say the days of your youth? Because that's the point you have so much energy, so much life. So much, you have so much strength. So much passion. So much energy. In that time, it's when you have to remember your creator. Because in your youth, it's when the enemy also wants you. If he gets you in your youth, he destroys your future. Before the difficult days come and the years draw nigh, when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Yesterday I was watching a video on somebody's status uh, on WhatsApp and the person, the video was saying that there was this man who was in his late 50s and he said, when I was in my youth, I used to have sex like something. I can just go on and have it every day and I stay on for two hours every day. I don't even care. I can have it often and often and often and often. But now in my late 50s, I don't even have the desire for it. I can't even go 30 minutes. I can't even go 20 minutes. I can't even go 10 minutes. I'm tired. 
I can carry you and take you to the bathroom and have everything I want to do with you. But now, carry you. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm growing. I'm of age. And you are young. So I can't do the things. Listen, you will think you're having fun today. But in the late future, 50s, 60s, you realize that, ah, I've wasted my energy. Channel your life. Channel your energy. Channel your passion towards the things of God. Let the youth clap for the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. The third thing that God wants us to run away from is fornication. Fornication. First Corinthians 6 verse 18. The third thing. These are the things that God wants us to run. It didn't say it was just demo. It says run away from it. Therefore, my beloved, no, 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Fornication is a consensual sexual relationship between two unmarried people. Who, okay, it says flee sexual immorality. Everything a man does is outside the body, but he will commit sexual immorality since against his own body. Fornication is having sexual intercourse with somebody you are married to. It's a great sin to God. And it's a great sin to your own body. You, 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 you violate your own body. You disrespect your own body. Do not go into a relationship when you are not ready for marriage. If you are not on your toes, if you cannot stand your own feet, rent a house, fend for yourself, you are employed, don't go into a relationship with somebody taking care of you. Hallelujah. And if you are of age and you must be in a relationship, you want to be, you want to, you are ready for marriage. Marriage comes through courtship. Courtship is not a guarantee of marriage. Don't mis- mis- mistake courtship for marriage or for pre-marriage. Courtship is just friendship. Friendship to know each other's attitudes and behaviors and see if you're compatible for each other. So do not have sex with somebody you are courting with. Because you can be thrown away like garbage. If anyone wants to eat before they pay for it, the person is a thief. If somebody is eating you up and has not paid for you yet, the person is a thief. And the person is bad news. I pray that if you are indulged in any kind of sexuality, or if you are in a relationship with somebody and the person is always demanding sex, listen, advise yourself, quit from that relationship. If you are in a relationship and the person is always demanding for sex, the person is bad news. He has bad intentions. Love is not sex. If the person is so eager to make love, to have sex with you and not love you for who you are, get to know you for who you are, the person is bad news. That even after marriage, sometimes, listen, even those who are married, sometimes you don't even feel like having sex because sex is a day. Am I lying? 
Adai juma suni. When the need comes, you, but sometimes you, the focus and attention, sometimes you, there's the last thing on it. And you can be together with your husband. And listen, you, you, you are good, you have a good and solid relationship. Sex is, sex is love. You are mistaken. Sex is not love. It comes after love. Hallelujah. Run away from anybody who has the intention of sex on their mind. Have you ever wondered why God says that we should, or God has told us that we should resist the devil. We should not flee from the devil, but we should resist him. Why God says that we should, we should um, resist the devil. He didn't say we should flee from him, but we should resist him. Have you wondered why? Because you gain power when you you, because you, you, get, you, you, you gain power over sin when you are able to overcome sexual sins. You gain power over sin. If you are able to overcome sexual sins, listen, you have gained back your authority as a child of God. If you are able to overcome sexual sin, there's no other sin that you can overcome. Because sexual sin is one of the strongest sins. If you are able to say no to sex, you can't say no to anything. But if you can't say no to sex, the, the enemy dominates your life. He can toss you as and how he wants it. He can boss your life. He can toss your life. He can play with you as and how he wants it. As and when he wants it. Whenever you are able to overcome sexual sin, listen, you are able to you close the access of the enemy into your life. It doesn't matter the family. Sometimes some people, some people can say that, hey, I'm afraid of you. Even if your, 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 your family is the ones with the, the, the widest witches and wizards, they will not have influence over your life. Oh, yes. They will not have any influence over your life. It don't have a cause to assess your life. This is one particular thing you must overcome. Because, listen, if you overcome this, we'll see breakthroughs in our lives. If you have, if, if you are with a friend or with a someone who leads you in sexual sin, please cut off friendship with that person. If you are with a friend who is always, a friend has a boyfriend, the person is always having sex with the boyfriend, is indulged in abortion, is indulged in all kinds of things, and is a friend of yours, cut friendship with that person. Because listen, we are all going somewhere. We are not on the same journey. Where I want to get into, where I want to get to in life, may not be the same place you want to get to in life. I want to go very far, and to go far, it takes focus, not distractions. So, if you're my friend and you're not going to encourage me, why should I be friends with you? Cut off negative friends. Cut if you have to block their calls, block their calls. Cut them off. I always say, if I, I wouldn't have come this far in life and in the ministry if I hadn't cut off certain friends in my life. Don't worry them. And right now, if I look at my life, I am way ahead of them. I'm not priding in that anyway. But I have gone far ahead of them. If you, have, if you are a married man, you are a married woman, and you have friends who are indulged in, in extramarital affairs, cut friendship with them. They are bad influence to your marriage. If you're a married woman 
and your husband has friends who are negative influence, pray them away. Pray them away. Because your husband will be a very faithful man because of that friend who will start cheating on you. Hallelujah. If you are in a friendship with someone and all of a sudden the person begins to show an extra interest in you, asking about your brother's size and hey, if I'm home, I wanted to buy some panties. What panty size do you wear if I'm home? Not the panties, I'm too. If I'm home, listen, disconnect from such people because they are all means of lowering you into sexual sin. I'm giving you the hint. A man who is not married to you cannot buy you panties. A man who is not married to you cannot buy you brazier and panties. He is not permitted. Let me just give this as a passing. There was an Indian man who went to the shop to go and buy brazier for the wife. And when he was going, he didn't know the brazier, the brazier size of the wife, so he just went and did her hand this and then to, got a size. So when he was going, he was going like this, and then going like this and go to the shop. And then the, the, the shop attendant was asking him, what does I want brazier? Brazier said, ah, which size? I said, I just know, oh, I lost the size. It was like, did I this or no, I Okay, so how is it like? Is it like uh, watermelon? No, 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 no. It's like uh, apple or no, 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 no. How is it like? It's like an egg? No, the fried one. <laughs> the, the <laughs> Husbands who know the size of their wife's breast, so they go sit and fried one. Hallelujah! Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> that was just by the way. <laughs> Amen. I've been being blessed this morning. Glory to God. Listen, avoid anybody who shows an interest in you who has bad intentions on their mind. Avoid them. Hallelujah. It's all ways of fleeing from them, and when in time you are able to overcome them. Or we flee from them. You gain your authority in Christ. You maintain your authority in Christ. Hallelujah. Listen, don't overtrust yourself. Let me have Matthew 10 verse 16. Don't, don't, don't think that you are so strong like you are. You know, you are a bow. You can't You know, Don't try to think that you are so strong a person. Don't, don't think that, you know, sometimes we think that, oh, I can't cheat on my husband. Sometimes when I'm counseling, if I tell them, hey, don't ever think that your husband cannot cheat on you, your wife cannot cheat on you. The person is a human being. Hallelujah. We can all fall. So this teaching, don't think that it's for some people, it's for you. It's for me. It's for every one of us here. Don't think, oh, Pastor, this person that you've been hearing now, it's not my kind of, it's, it's not my message, it's your message because God is pre warning you. Hallelujah. He said, Behold, uh, let me have Matthew 10, verse 16, please. He said, Behold, I send you as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. 
Be wise. Don't think that you are so strong. Don't think that you are you have you been in the faith for so many years, so you know about it all. Oh, listen, every word that comes, grab it like a child. Be wise. Sexual sin will uh, will just destroy your glorious destiny. Be wise. It may be enjoyable today, but it has consequences. It has consequences. Serious consequences. Let me give you a just more. I'm, I'm writing my third book, actually. It's going to come up in a few months. And let me give you a just one of the books I said. I said that there was this gentleman who, who was actually um, engaged. You know, it's like not about engagement, a knocking kind of thing. It's like he it was in a relationship with this girl who was in the States. And it's actually a true story. And they were intending getting married. And the guy was living alone in, let's say, Ghana. And this gentleman. Instead of going out with the lady. And every now and then with the, with the, with the lady, every time they're going out, every time they're going out, they'll go out late in the night, they'll come, and by the time they close from watching movies or whatever, they can't even get a car for the girl to go home. So the girl comes to stay in his house. Whenever the girl comes, today he'll come, the little, he'll leave her toothbrush. Tomorrow when she comes, she'll leave her makeup bag. Tomorrow when she comes, she leaves her, her sex panties. Tomorrow when she comes, she just leaves. But before they said that they were living together. And the guy... Thought that he, he wanted just a flink. He wanted just a flink. But the girl also thought that he was he had gotten somebody in that that they, they eventually can get, going to get married. And as it went on for years and we're living together, and then this their time of getting engagement, their time of getting their marriage approached. And the guy told the girl that, Oh, my parents are coming from the state, so you need to move out. So that um when they come, they didn't think that God, they'll come and lord at my place. So you have to move out for some time so that I'll properly introduce your girl. So the girl moved out. After a month, the girl was there and her friend came to call her that, oh, my friend being in the States is getting a nurse view. It has come down from the States and she's getting married. Kujami, wedding. And the girl was like, oh, me, I don't feel too well. Me, so let's go. We'll be indoors. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And then they went. And then they started to play, dun 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 dun, dun 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 dun, and the 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 pastor came and said, "Oh, all she got up, the 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 bridegroom is coming." And then they got up and the girl turned and then this is Kwame, hey Kwame. Apparently, she was pregnant for this guy already for two months. And the girl who had, was getting married to the guy, they are getting married for him, to, for her to able to finalize her documentation for him to go and stay with her in the states. Eventually, the marriage was called off. The guy lost the wife to be, and lost the girlfriend that he had impregnated, and lost the opportunity of going to stay at Abrochi. Listen, if you think you are enjoying today, eh, it has consequences tomorrow. You will always be at a losing end. Don't go into a relationship for a fling. Don't go into a relationship if you're not ready for marriage. It has consequences. Before you said that the girl is pregnant, you didn't think you never wanted to have a child have, you know, out of you you before you said the girl is pregnant for you. One, two. You intend marrying her and she has a child for you. Let's be very, very careful. Accept your limitations as a human being and always run 
Be like Joseph. It's not a cowardness. You're being wise. When it's a temptation, run from it. Hallelujah. Sometimes you can easily tell from certain situations that this person doesn't mean well. If you're especially to the married men, I'm on you part today. Sometimes you see that the ladies of today they, they, they make attraction or they make advances to men, to married men especially. If you're a married man and you see somebody is making advances at you, please oh, run. Don't be slowly high ahead when they say you are handsome. Hallelujah. Leave a gap. Hallelujah. Leave a gap between yourself and unmarried people. You, you are a married man. You are always chatting with girls. Are they? What do you think will happen eventually? Oh, he's my friend. Oh, she's my friend. What do you think will ever happen eventually? Hallelujah. Number three. Avoid bad company or bad friends. Listen to this. Not everybody should be your friend. Jesus Christ said we should love all men. He didn't say we should be friends with everybody. There's a difference between loving people and being friends with them. I love you, but you're not my friend. But I don't hate you. There is a difference from loving people and being friends with them. Know the difference. There are some people who are bad influence. Let me have Proverbs um, 12 verse 26. If you have a friend, assess you, uh, just, just judge, how is this person affecting my life? Is this person a positive or negative influence? You must ask yourself. Is this person want, that, that person encourage me to want to be a, a better person? So the righteous should choose his friends carefully. For the, weak, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. If the devil wants to destroy your life, all he needs to do is to plant a negative friend in your life. Get close. Sometimes you are, with a married woman, you have bad friends who give you bad advice. That is why you can't treat your husband well. Because they are always giving you negative influence. Always bad advice. This is why some people are divorcing. Because of bad friendship and bad influence. Who is your friend? Does that person help you to live a holy life? And that person encourage you to come to church or take you out of church? And that person wants you to help. When you look at that person, that person wants to make you, it'll help you to make your life better? Or the people who make you like, they don't go anywhere. That they always says this, that when you go to the bus station, when you go to the airport, there are a lot of people standing there, but not all of them are traveling. Some are, they, they call them girl boys at the airport. There's some are girl boys. They are dead selling padlocks and they want to do a little thing for you and get a letter five cities, five ten cities. There are some there who want to leave people off. You're not going anywhere. They're going to see them off. There are few traveling. Don't think that everybody at the airport is traveling. Go on your journey. Even at the, at the airport, when you get to the boarding gates, we all have board, we are boarding passes, but we all have different destinations. Some are going to China. Some are going to Banju. Some are going to South Africa. Some are going nowhere. Let's be mindful of the friends we keep. You have a friend. Your friend is indulged in sexual sins. And they, they will lure you into it. Some of the friends, they have, they, have, they have a boy. I remember when I was growing up, when I started working actually. I had this friend of mine. And the friend actually worked somewhere in Jowulu. 
And the person was trying to connect me to some small foolish boy. Be. Someone last week I was coming home and I was like, ah, look at this young swine boy. Connecting me. Like, ah, we are friends like that. They will connect you to some foolish, foolish boys. And by, for a few years, you look at that person like, ah, you two, did I go out with you? Ah. Because they are going out the second day, they want you to go the second day. Because you come too better the same feathers. Be careful of the friends you keep. Some are bad influence. Even in the church. Even in the church. Not everybody in the church will even go to heaven. Be careful of those in the church. Some come here, they just, they just want to, I'm from air condition, I'm from from I'm telling you, the word that has been preached, it has no influence in their lives in any way. You want them, they, they refuse it. You advise them, they refuse it. And you, you, you become friends with a person. How would your life be like? Let me tell you something. Be choosy with friends. Because they're connected to your destiny. A friend, you have the friends that you call among kind of friends. You know among kind of friends? They, 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 they will encourage you to go to sin. They, they will even make it easy for you. They always make a way for you. Oh, you, you can't tell your father or you can't tell your husband, I'll come and tell them I'm taking you out. You have friends like that? They'll help make it easy for you to sin. Choose wise friends. Friends who help you to become a better person. Friends who can rebuke you when you go wrong. Friends who can call a spade a spade. Friends that can help you to become a better person. Friends that will, will help you to move on in life. I had a friend and the friend, one thing, when I had to go and do my degree, I didn't feel the age to go and do my degree actually for a very long time. But I had this friend and the person was in school like, hey, and the way they, and she took the, uh, she, she, she took the lead. And she was really encouraging him like, okay, let me go and do it, let me go and, let me go and do it. Choose friends that help you to move on the educational ladder. No friends who not do anything in life. They just, they they have this, they want to be, do business, but they don't have money to do business. There are friends, there are people who want to travel abroad. You will travel abroad. They won't do anything because he won't, they have the mentality that abroad. won't do anything. And that person is your friend. How will your life be like? There are people in Ghana who are doing better and much better than those who are abroad. I'm telling you, don't be enticed or be, be, be deceived by pictures you see on Facebook. Some are lies. The frustration they're going through there. Somebody came to our office and was asking us, do we have a connection? He wants to get a connection to travel to Germany. And he has about 15,000, 15,000. What China? Dubai. I want to play You know, I can do 15,000 Canada cities. Not to get a visa and go and do what today. I will challenge her based on how you live your life here. You can make it here. Hallelujah. Choose friends that help you to become a better person. Don't work with bad tempered friends. Those are friends who have bad temper. And friends who are pretenders. They, they, they love you, but they hate you. 
Friends, when you are begin when you begin to do well, they are so hurts. They are so hurts. They are they are so burdened. Any yeah, friends like that, pretenders. They will smell with you. Let me tell you something. If you want to know a, a friend who is a pretender, ask the person, why did you buy this? It's nice. So they will never tell you. Where, where did you saw this? Oh, since just in the you has traveled. Because they always want to be ahead of you. They never tell you that. Me, I've never been lucky with friends because so I don't have a friend. No. Friends. Some of them have even come in. They want to chase your husband. I'm telling you, they, they call themselves friends. You will open up and love them, but they are enemies in disguise. Know who you call a friend. We all need friends though. But not everyone must be a friend. There are people keep them at arm's length. Keep them far away from me. It's not everybody must know where you live. Hallelujah. I said it is not everybody must know where you live. Everybody take it to you. Everybody. Everybody goes to your house. Are they? <laughs> It is not everyone that must take it to your house. I'm telling you. Because when they come to your house and they see how you're living, hey, you're in the carpet. They can give, they, they, they become so bitter. They come to your house, they see you have a TV. Hey, you're doing well in their heads. Number four, marry early. If you want to flee sexual sin, listen, marry early. Proverbs 5 verse 18. Worry in ten Proverbs five verse eighteen. Let your fountains be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. Now marriage has become like a competition. And I'm telling you it's a very wrong perception. Marry simple, marry earlier, marry simple. If you want to gain the whole world before you marry, you never marry. If don't don't listen. If you're a young girl, don't have the intention or the, the this impression in mind that you because I went to this girl's my friend's wedding and then um, did it like this and did it like this. I also want mine to become like this. Cut your coats according to your size. Hallelujah. You need money after marriage. You don't need money to please people. It's the two of you that are going on a journey. And I'm telling you, when you get married, it's you and your spouse. Nobody even give you money. So don't spend over hundreds of money. People come and eat. Sometimes we don't even give anything. And the slave queens, they'll come and still cook. They'll come and still count cook and glasses. And they will eat and insult you and your husband and go away free. Marry simple. Who are you trying to please? Hallelujah. Who are, some will go and borrow money to go and do a wedding. Is the wedding an investment? Is the wedding you want to do an investment that you have to go and borrow hundred million? Somebody's called, send me a message. I should I should borrow him two thousand dollars. And I asked, so he's getting married. Let me see. When you get married, are you, are you going to? Have uh, 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 people promised they're going to give you money? <laughs> then you, you after the marriage, you come and pay me. <laughs> Listen, marry early. The more you delay, the more you are likely to end up in sexual sin. Don't wait until you have everything before you think of getting married. Marry early. Hallelujah. And the ladies, please be simple.
simple. Have simplicity in mind. Simple and beautiful in mind. Don't, sometimes the guys are scared of getting married because you, of, of the kind of demands that we make. I'm telling you, because now there's this trend that there, there, there's this trend that is coming. That you have to go and do kente, you have to go and do this. The guy cannot afford it. Why force him? Why the photo should I say everyone I buy? When I was getting married 17 years ago, I didn't go and do a wedding photo shoot. I my inquiry we went to register at my TME. That's what went to register. Then we had a reception. Case closed. Small and get in the house, went to register, had a reception, finito. We all go home. Sunday, no lunch by force. Some people just because they want to eat again on Sunday. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. They will follow you. Oh, they want to eat. Hmm. And then bridal party for the what? Bridal party for the way. Where I train. So you have three for the what? When I was getting married, I felt baby I didn't have a bride, I didn't have a, a house, a what do you call it? Flower girl, there's no it was nothing. Why waste money? You can have a very modest and decent way. The most important thing is you are married, you are blessed before God, you are two of you, and you can go on your journey. Because you need money. You go and spend over hundreds of money to do a wedding, you are living in a rented house. That money can you to go and buy a land and start building. Go and buy a big 10,000 Ghana cities for the words. How many times will you wear a wig? When I was going to buy my wedding dress in the States, I went to David's bridal. And my auntie was asking me, they were having this, um, they were having a sale. And the dress I bought was $114. And my auntie was asking me, ah, if you watch your one, na I'm going to I said, and the dress is still there. If I had gone to buy, it's not, I couldn't afford it. But I said, I looked for the cheapest dress. It was on sale. It was a lovely dress. And it was not even my size. And when you buy it, they do free alteration there for you. So I told them, do the alteration. When they buy Ghana, when they want to sell Tarim, they $414. Not in any way. Ask them, when they want to sell $114 at that time. It was a very cheap dress, but it was a very beautiful dress. If I would trade them, they buy it. It was a very cheap dress. Hallelujah. Simple, case closed. You go and waste money, buy 3,000 Ghana cities dress. Who are you talking about? What Even when you die, because by the time you die in your old age, you can't even wear that dress again. Let's be wise, so. Sometimes we waste money. <laughs> are you being blessed this morning? I thank the Lord. Number five, my time is up, but let me do the last thing. If you want to flee from sexual sins, resolve to drink water from your own system or have sexually active marriage. Proverbs 5, verses 15 to 19. Drink water from your own system. 
and running water from your own well. Verse 16. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets? Please, let's do my time is up. Let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. Verse 18. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. Verse 19. As a loving deer and as a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. Listen. Sometimes um, there's, there's, there's adultery because of sexual inactive marriages. Listen. How many times do you drink water in a day? They can, uh, how many times do you drink water in a day? Six, seven times. Listen, as often as you want to have sex in marriage, have it as many times as you want it. It's like water. As often as you want to drink, drink it. And some of the wise, please, let's stop being some way. If your husband wants to do it as many times, allow him to do it as many times as he wants it. The thing is not for you. It's for who? It's for him. Do not deny your your spouse of sex in marriage. Sex is not sin in marriage. Hallelujah. It is not sin in marriage. I'm telling you. As often as your husband wants to do it, please allow him. Sometimes, because of starvation, people look outside. And let me chip this in. Sometimes to some of us, the wives, the way we, we, we handle ourselves. How you keep your body, how you keep your things, your panties, how you keep your braziers, how you keep some of us have been using the same panties and same braziers for the one year a day. In the evening, you wear some very, very, very old nighty. How can the man be attracted to you when the nighty is so basabi? Am I preaching to somebody? Please. The, yeah, listen, Bible says that God see God watches the uh, hearts. But man looks at the outward. Man is not God, though. Bear my power. He looks at how your appearance, how you do your things. When you are traveling, you pack nice panties. But when you are in the house, you wear the old ones. Hallelujah. When you are traveling for a year, you wear the best panties. You pack the best panties. Even though nobody's going to see it, you pack the best panties. When you are in the house, you wear the old because Oh, there's a big one. Hallelujah. Do the things that makes you sexually attractive to your spouse. Eh? How can you be in a house and then you put cloth on? Oh, are you from the village? Your hair is smelling. You, how can a man come close to you? your hair is smelling? How can he come close to you? When you're going out of your house, you dress for who? Boy, in the house, you don't even dress for your, your husband. Sometimes they look outside because of how we keep ourselves in the house. And listen, the Holy Spirit is talking to me right now. Eh? Oh, 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 see, talk about bed sheets. I don't know. That's what he just said to me. Talk about bed sheets. 
change your bed sheets. Make your bed look nice. Your bed is not a laundry. You pack things on your bed. I don't under him. Keep good, neat bed sheets. When a man comes to the house and the bed sheet is, the bed is nicely laid, the bed sheet is looking nice, very, very nice. Listen, you don't need to go and buy a, a very expensive, even if you go to force, you get a very nice one. Wash it, iron it nicely, and then lay your bed. And bath, with put perfume on yourself, bath nicely. Hallelujah. Some of the men, when you come to the house, you don't bath in the evening. Stop that. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you come to the house, you come, you come to the your house in the evening, you are sweating, and then you just go and lie down in the bed, you will sleep, eat and sleep. And you want to have, you want to make love. The wife comes close, don't touch me. Everybody likes good things, you know. I said, man, look good for your, your, your wife. Hallelujah. Amen. Do the things that keeps you... I always say, listen, the, the, the things that we do that keeps love aflame. You know, do the things that keeps love aflame. Be sexy as a wife. Be sexy as a, as, as a, as a man. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is here, I'm telling you. If you are a man and you have, you, are, you wear singlets that are torn, please stop it. Singlets that are torn. It's just, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's just telling me. Singlets, I did say, no, Are they? Hallelujah. If you're going to meet a girlfriend, will you wear that torn singlet? But you wait for your wife to see it. Singlets, not here. To go Hallelujah. And do not deny each other of sex in marriage. As often as your husband wants it, please give it. And I think change your style small. Don't do it normal way. So be, 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 be adventurous, you know. Be adventurous in bed. Hallelujah. Be very adventurous. I always said, sex must not all happen in the bed. It can be in the bathroom. It can be anywhere if there are kids not around the house. Anywhere. And it should not be the man always chasing the woman. The woman has learned to chase them. I, I don't know my ideas. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm, I'm getting shy. You're making me shy. Hallelujah. Don't be the one always wanting your husband to make advances at you. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Chase them. Jump on him. Hallelujah. And the last but not least, make a vow. Make a vow. If you want to flee from sexual sins, make a vow. Numbers 30 verse 2. Make a vow to the Lord. Vows are not only made when we need something from God or want God to do something for us, but you can make a vow to stay holy. Numbers 30 verse 2, please. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. 
You can make a vow to God that I'm going to live a holy life. I'm going to stay from sexual immorality. You can make a vow to God that I'm not going to do this ever again. And when you make a vow to God, this thing, be bounded by the vow because God, I would say God is a confidence keeping God. So be bounded by the vow. And your vow, listen, when you make the effort of God, I don't want to indulge in sexual immorality again. God, this is my vow to you in this year, 2019. God will help you. And don't break your vows. Hallelujah. So don't break your vows. Make a vow to live holy for God. Listen, God will bless you. I said God will bless you. God will bless you. Your life will be a shock to your family. Your life will be a shock to your family. If what anybody has not been able to do in your family, if you would do this, God will grace you to do it. What no one has been ever able to do in your family, you'll be the first to do it. In the name of Jesus. Receive that grace in Jesus' name. Say, I will do what no one has ever done in my family. I'll be the first to raise many foundations. I'll be the first to build houses. I'll be the first to buy cars. I'll be the first to travel in and out to travel abroad. I'll be the first to take my children abroad. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You shall be the first also. Jesus name. Lastly, make a covenant with your eyes. Make a covenant with your eyes. Job 31 verse 1. Make a covenant with your eyes. The eyes sometimes deceive us and lead us into sin. See no evil, hear no evil. Hallelujah. He said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? When you see a woman going on, you like looking at ladies botox. Stop it. I'm telling you, I don't know what, what, what that thing is about. Some men, when they see a woman that has big behind, they just turn and look. A lady came to her office. I learned that the Tanzanian women, when they are growing up, they, they make them sit down the floor um, you know, with, without panties. So the Tanzanian women, often they come to our office a lot, and they have very big botox, very, very big. And sometimes some of these ladies come to our office and when they are working out, you see all the guys, passengers, staff, all, all the men. <laughs> Make a covenant with your eyes that we not look at any girl lustfully. Make a covenant with your eyes. Because sometimes if you watch too much, you end up chasing the thing. Can I, can I get your number? Can I get your phone when you watch closely, then the enemy begins to lure you to that person. And that person, the enemy wants to attract you into sexual sin. Stop taking phone numbers. Hallelujah, can it be on our feet? I want you to put your right hand on your chest. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask for a touch from heaven. I ask for a touch from heaven, oh God. Let sexual sins not dominate this house or any of our branches or over our children. In the mighty name of Jesus, commit our hearts back to you. 
you commit other bodies back to you. He asks for grace to do, to do away with sexual immorality. Give us the grace to take back our dominion in you, O oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every heart this morning. Meet everyone at the point of their expectation. As we put your word into practice, O oh God, we ask for speed. We ask for supernatural speed. Speed to overtake the years of sluggishness, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, speed to overtake years of stagnation, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, whatever has been held back from our lives, let it be released upon us. Let it be released upon us. Release progress upon the life of your people. We cancel stagnation. We cancel retrogression. In the name of Jesus, anything that would take our life backwards, we cancel it and we cast it in Jesus' name. Cause us to see progress. Progress, oh God. Progress, oh God. Bless your people and make them a blessing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.